Bokar Tov, we are continuing Parashat Va'ira. Actually, we are starting Parashat Va'ira today. And we are continuing our Parashat podcast after a little bit of a break from the weekday shoulder classes. The Parashat, the beginning of Parashat Va'ira, of course, we're kind of in the middle of the story. Mm-hmm. So what was the last thing that happened at the end of Parashat Shemot? Moshe goes to Hashem and he complains. And he says, Bariolam, you told me that Paro wasn't going to listen to me. Mm-hmm. But you did not tell me that the situation is going to get so bad. You didn't tell me that things are going to get worse. Why are, you, why are you doing bad to this nation? Fascinating thing that Moshe has to go through at the beginning of his experience. I mean, we say this a lot, but it goes to show that in, in, in when you're waiting for God's deliverance, it's even Moshe Rabbeinu struggled with time and sometimes the delays that seemingly take place, Right? The hiccups that come along the way to seeing God's to seeing God's bounty, even Moshe Rabbeinu had to, had to struggle with those. Yes. So when we struggle in our lives mm-hmm. with the difficulties and the the weight and the struggle in the pursuit of what we think we need, we should always should realize that Moshe Rabbeinu had the same struggle. Yeah. Uh, it's a very human struggle. And there's always going to be light at the end of the tunnel. It's not a and there will will be light in some fashion. Yes. Now sometimes the light means. Readjusting what we consider valuable. Yes. Sometimes we're waiting for the wrong things. Right? That's it's very a, true. Okay. Now, the beginning of Parshat Vayera is a response to that complaint of Moshe. At the end of Parshat Shimon, actually, there's one pasuk where Borei Olam says, Don't worry. Uh, you will see what I'm going to do to Paro. Because with a strong hand, I will take you out. And with a strong hand, he will send you out. Drive right? you out. Uh, where is it? Yes. I, know, I just want to read the pasuk. Yeah. Uh, he will send them out with a strong hand. Sorry, so Hashem doesn't say about himself at all. He just says, You'll see what I'll do to Paro. For Paro will send them out with a strong hand, and with a strong hand he will chase them out of his uh, country. Now, the, if you look at the way the chapters are broken, are broken up. The people yeah. who made the chapters yeah, put this sta- pasuk. This is the start of a new chapter. Right. They put it at the start of a new chapter because yes. it's the response to yes. Moshe's complaint. Yes. You see why they did that? Yes. yes. Now, why would we why would break make, it why, up after? Yeah, why would they start? To, you know, because of the word by Dabir. Yeah. Because in, the, in Parshat Vayra, it says, And God spoke to Moshe and he told him that I am Adonai, meaning he started a new. Uh, he started a new uh, sentence. sentence, right? So he broke it off at the new sentence, not at the immediate response. So the first, the end of last week's parasha was the immediate response. You'll see that Paro will send you out. And, and now, it's now he's explaining a little bit more detail. Yes. Hashem spoke to Moshe and he said, I am Adonai. Hmm. I appear to Abraham, Isaac, and Yaakov with the name El Shaddai. Ushmi Adonai lo no but with the name Adonai, I was not known to them. And I have kept my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land of their sojourns that they lived. Now, what does that pasuk mean? It means that they were already living there. I they think had to, so. They the, had to get out. And then right. Hashem promised that you're going to come back. So there are two interpret. I'm not sure how this pasuk is best interpreted, this, but but he says, "I have kept my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan," meaning I have already completed that covenant, or it means 
I have kept the covenant before me, meaning I'm not haven't forgotten the covenant, and I will. I promised. I promised it I to promised. them, and I will give it to them in the future. Yes. Meaning, either this pasuk of the keeping of the covenant to go to Eretz Canaan is referring to Am Israel, or either is referring to the Avot and they how they already lived a little bit in Eretz Canaan, or he's saying, and I've kept the covenant that promise. I made with them about their descendants coming to Eretz Canaan. Either way, <laughs> I think they both make sense. And I have heard the cries of Bnei Israel as the Egyptians are enslaving them, and I have remembered this covenant. I think it's covenant, it's the, the interpretation number two. Yes. Meaning, I've kept the covenant before me that I promised to the forefathers that I would bring the told, descendants he told into also, Israel. You'll be in a foreign place yes. and then you'll be you'll come out with uh, you'll come back to the land. Now now what he's saying is I've remembered that now I am remembering that covenant. I'm remembering the covenant that I had with the forefathers. Now what does it mean I appear to Abraham Isaac and Yaakov with the name El Shaddai and with the name Adonai I did not appear to them. What does that mean? Uh, because so, it, yeah, it was mercy, no? So, no, Rashi yeah, has... Actually, th- this year I read the Rashi and I finally understood what Rashi was saying. And Rashi actually, I think, has the Peshat. And I, as I saw, I see it's also quoted in the Hertz Chumash. Rashi says that we know that Borei Olam, in talking to Abraham, let's say in the Brit Ben Abitarim that you just referenced, where he told them that he's going to bring them to Israel, where he told Abraham he's going to bring his descendants to Israel, he appears in the name Adonai. It's Vayomer Adonai El Avram. So what does that mean? Nushmi Adonai Lono Datilahem. So he explains, it doesn't mean that I did not, they did not ever hear the name Adonai or they did not know of the name Adonai. Rashi explains, what does Adonai represent? Adonai is like the essence of God, right? El Shaddai, El Shaddai means the God who promises a lot, who promises bounty, who, who promises to, to give abundance. But Adonai is the essence of God. Now, how do you know, how do you really know God? How do you really know, how do you really recognize the essence of God? How do you come to an understanding of the, of the real name of God? Admit. When you see, exactly, when you see that he keeps his promise. Then when you see that Borei Olam keeps the promise, then you recognize, ah, now I saw the, the promise and I saw the fulfillment of the promise and I recognized and I saw the complete action of what God did. So now I have a real understanding of the truth of God. It, once the person sees the full cycle of, of the, the divine, exactly, of the divine providence, then he gets an understanding of the divine providence. Similar to what happens in our lives when early in our life when we're struggling with things, it's hard to recognize Boreolam. It's hard to recognize God. And then as we see God's blessings for, uh, 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 come out throughout our lives, we start in hindsight to recognize, ah, now I understand all these years of struggle, what they were for, now I understand, now I have a better appreciation for the divine providence in my life. But it always happens, when, do you, when does a person understand when it's God? At the final stage. At the final stage, looking back on his life. You can't see God going but forward, but you could see God looking back. That's why when later on in the Torah, when Moshe says, please God, help me understand your ways, what does God say? Yeah. <laughs> you'll, see me, you'll see my back, but you won't see me from the front. Meaning you won't get a true understanding of me. But in hindsight, sometimes when you look back, you could see the traces of me. Now, Abraham and Yitzhak and Yaakov, they did not get to an understanding of Adonai 
because they were on the front end of it. At the beginning. They just saw the promise. Yes. They didn't see the fulfillment of the promise. They couldn't see the fulfillment, yes. Now to Moshe Rabbeinu, who is going to see the fulfillment of the promise, he is going to have a much deeper understanding of Adonai, of the essence of God. And that's what this Pasuk means. I appeared to them in the name, not that they didn't know that the name Adonai exists, but they didn't have that ability to understand the full cycle. That, that to, full cycle. To, live, exactly. to live to see that. Uh, they, didn't, they didn't see me manifest as Adonai. They didn't see me behave as Adonai. They just saw me behave as El Shaddai. So that's the Rashi's. Uh, I, I was very long-winded, but that's how Rashi explains it. And, and it's Peshat. And it's a beautiful Peshat, frankly. Pasuk 6. Lachen emor li Yisrael, ani Adonai. Therefore, tell Bnei Yisrael, I am Hashem. I will take you out from the burdens of Egypt. And I will save you from their work. And I will redeem you through an outstretched hand. And with great wonders. Now, or great judgments. What does Ga'alti mean? Geulah typically refers to the purchasing of a slave out of his bondage. If you pay for a slave to go free, that's called geula. So that's why you'll see the word uh, geula later in the Torah and, and other and other um, contexts. Okay, pasuk seven. I will take for you you for me as a nation, and I will be for all of you as a god. And you will know that I am Hashem, your God, who had, who took you out of the burdens of Egypt. And I will bring you to the land And I will bring you to the land That I promised to give Is a form of promise mm-hmm. Not that God actually raises his hand But I raised my hand in an oath To give to Abraham Isaac, and Yaakov And I will give, that, to give it to you As an inheritance I am Adonai And you see Very often When God announces the fulfillment of a promise, he finishes with the words, Ani Adonai, meaning that's his stamp, yes. stamp of guarantee. This is his, yeah. This is his stamp of guarantee. Ani Adonai. His ring. Yeah, exactly. Pasuk 9, By the bear Moshe kenel Bnei Israel, and Moshe said these things to Bnei Israel, Velo shami'u el Moshe, but he did not listen to Moshe, mikotzer ruach, umi'abudah kasha, from the shortness of breath, and from the hard work. Now, yeah, just stepping back to understand why it's like this. Last time Moshe spoke to Bnei Israel, and he did some miracles for them even. Yes. If you remember, he did some yes. miracles yes. for them. Yes. 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 And it, the Pasuk says, And they believed. But that's only, you know, it's short-lived, that belief. Because this guy comes and does miracles. But then right away, and then all of a sudden he goes Paro, to Paro, Paro and, Paro and things get worse. So this guy claims he's going to help us. <laughs> and all of a sudden, our work just low just doubled. Everybody expected the results immediately. Every, every, even Bnei Israel for sure expected yes, the results yes, immediately. Yes, now it's finished. Tomorrow we agree. Especially with, with, their, with, their, with their slave mentality. You know, you don't, uh, yeah. you don't, you, you don't learn the delayed gratification that comes when you're not a slave. No more patience. There, there's something very important about the difference between a slave and a free person in their relation to patience. Because a slave's life is taken care of by the master. Right? So the slave expects his food to be provided immediately. The master, who actually has the field, who's actually the one running, who owns the field, he must make sure the slave is fed before he eats himself. So the master has to learn patience. And if he sees the crop is slowing down, 
he has to have the patience to know that the crop may take a little bit of time to come out, while the slave must be fed first. You see, so it's all, and it's always like that. It's one of the famous uh, lines in business. It's that leaders eat last. Yes, always. Because if let's say Chas Shalom, a company's revenues fall, the CEO is the first person who should cut their pay. Not the CEO, the founder. The founder says, okay, I have to take care of my workers and then I need to figure out keeping the company afloat. For now, I'm not gonna, I can't take anything out of the business because the, the workers are treated as an expense. Same thing as paying rent. You can't skip paying rent. So the workers get paid first. So it's part of the slave mentality to not have patience and they definitely won't be able to understand that things got worse. Okay, so they don't listen to Moshe when he comes and he tells them that God has remembered remembered them and He's going to take them out of Egypt. At this point, they're they're out of out of energy. They can't believe it. Okay, pasuk eleven. Okay, you spoke to Bnei Israel. Bnei Israel didn't listen to you really, but you did what I told you to do. Yes, Moshe did. He yes. spoke to Bnei Israel and he told them. He sent them a message. Want. He gave them the message. He did, and they didn't listen to him. Yes. So now Hashem tells, go speak to Paro now and tell him, let my people go. Now Moshe just tried this. Nobody listened to him. And, and Paro just made things worse. So if I'm Moshe, <laughs> I'm scared to go there. I, I definitely don't want to do this. You know? It's going to get worse and worse. when you're asked to do something, you're very uncomfortable, right? By the Moshe said to Moshe, said to Hashem saying, Israel didn't listen to me. Why would Paro listen to me? I am. Uh, I have, and I have uncircumcised lips. Yes. So this, for the first time, I'm thinking about this comment that Moshe makes. This comment that Moshe makes for the first time, and I'm I'm realizing something. That Moshe, why did Bnei Israel not listen to him? Because he didn't know how. To... No, because they were tired yeah. and they were out of That's energy, correct. and yes, they had yes, yes. no more room in their hearts to actually Finish. believe that yeah. their situation would improve. They were ter- becoming hopeless. But why does Moshe say that Bnei Israel didn't listen to him? He assumes it's because he can't speak well. Oh, he had no... Okay. Not because they were tired. Not because Bnei Israel was tired. Oh, because now here, he didn't have self-confidence. His self-confidence so here, here is the, uh, another concept that I'm just realizing we're seeing now with Moshe. Moshe is going to have to develop a level of confidence. Hashem is going to put him in the direction of developing that self-confidence needed to be a leader. And there are a couple of things to notice to, that, that are beautiful about this. One is that very often when we lack confidence, we will attribute our failures to ourselves too much. So a person is doing everything they could. They're phenomenal in, let's say, I always bring in business examples because it's what's relevant to a lot of men. A person is phenomenal in what they do and they're working very hard and they're doing all of their hishtad loot and they're not making it. Financially, they're not making it. Now, immediately they're going to say I'm terrible at this. I'm not good. That's if the person has no confidence. But really, what could be the reason they're not succeeding? The Maybe times, their the times, times are, are, are not good. Yes. Maybe they're in a recession. Maybe yes. people aren't buying right now yes. what the, yes. the product is. It's not his is. fault. It's, it's, it's not necessarily his fault. So a person with confidence will be able to realize, I'm good at this, but I need to have patience because it's not the right time. And with time and with effort, if I continue doing right, then I'm going to be able to succeed. A person that lacks confidence will immediately take any sign of failure and blame it on themselves. And then what do they do? That's not healthy. 
Because then the person loses them, motivation to continue. They put them themselves more down. And they that's go, what Moshe Rabbeinu is go, doing. Go but, but it's not, we just saw the reason that Bnei Sal didn't listen to him. It has nothing to do with his speech. I think Moshe may be more self-conscious about his speech than people even think about. You know, very often you're self-conscious about something. Like, I don't know, you have nobody, a, nobody a, a white hair but on nobody, your beard. Nobody realizes it. Nobody and, and, then, it. and then you think everybody is looking at it. Not, nobody's looking but nobody's looking at it. And Moshe Rabbeinu, he's so self-conscious about his speech. He keeps bringing it up, even when, Moshe, when he was at the burning bush. He, he keeps bringing up his speech. And then and he thinks that's a real issue. People aren't thinking about that. People are just tired. And they, they can't focus right now because they're so overworked. So that's the first thing. The second thing is that this brings up a theme in how Borei Olam is going to guide Moshe to that level of self-confidence. And it's a beautiful thing that the greatest leader ever in the history of the Jewish people was also a leader that was not ready for the job and needed to, be, needed to grow into the part. It's, it's much more of a humanizing reality. thing. More, of the reality. It's, more, 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 real, more real. It's, so, it's more real and humanizing yeah, that we see, we not, see our a, leader is not a superman. It's someone that had his struggles. Very someone that was weak simple, at the beginning. He didn't even have the right tools but he was able to, to grow into the part. It's a lesson for life. Sure. It's a lesson that, that if our greatest leader started at zero and had to grow and mold and be molded into the proper leader. Our, our fathers, our grandfathers, this is what they went through. Yeah. They didn't start. Yeah, exactly. They had to struggle in life and go through very yeah. difficulties. And it means that if a person feels like they may not be fit for the job, that may be the exact reason that they are fit for the job yes. because at least they start with humility. Yes. And which is the best. Moshe Rabbeinu starts with humility. It's the best. When you start with humility, is the best way to grow. Yeah. He doesn't believe he deserves the leadership because he's not fit for it, which is why he's a good leader. The person who has an ego and is like, I deserve to be the leader, chas shalom, he becomes a leader. Because he will never... He, he, he'll abuse his power because he's, he has an ego. Only, only fall down. Yeah. The person who has, who's humble and maybe may even lack a little bit of confidence at the beginning, maybe the exactly the right person that you want for the job. Okay, Baruch Adonai Lulam. Amen, amen.